0: Thank you, Debbie. Good morning. Uh, My name is Adarag, and I serve here as Children and Families Minister. And on a Sunday morning, I'm normally found in the children's groups. So it really is a privilege uh, to be allowed to play with the grown-ups this morning. (laughs) So, thank you for taking the time to listen to what I feel God has placed on my heart um, this morning. And I get to speak on giving. You uh, heard the passage. And you might think that I have drawn a short straw. But I assure you that nobody has twisted my arm. Money is a very serious topic. So before we dig in into the passage that we've just heard, I want to share with you a story that maybe might help us to look at this subject from a slightly different perspective. There was once a rich man who was quite distressed at the prospect of not being able to take his riches with him when he died. So before he died, he loaded his briefcase with two gold bars from his private vault and left instructions to have the case locked with the key, handcuffed to his wrist and the key placed in his grave clothes. And when he passed away, his family carried out his orders to the letter. So he appears to the pearly gates, he had his briefcase with him, key in hand, and St. Peter asked him, What have you got in your briefcase? Very proudly, the man unlocked the case, opened it and displayed his two gold bars. And St. Peter said, oh, isn't that special? You brought some pavement. (laughs) I grew up in a Christian family. And for us, giving back to God was just norm. You know, we went to church on a Sunday. We prayed. We sang hymns. I grew up on hymns. And we gave back to God. And as a child... I understood that all those elements were part of what it meant to be a follower of Christ. Obviously, please hear me saying this. I do understand that the culture we live in at the moment is very different. And I understand that the complexity of life can restrict your freedom and my freedom. But I think it is important to recognize that giving is not separate from our discipleship of what it means to be a follower of Christ. Giving is first and foremost an act of discipleship, a natural consequence of our identity as children of God. Let's turn to the Bible passage, and if you have your Bible with you, um, you know, you might want to open it on the 2 Corinthians chapter 8, the first few verses, or get your phone out and use the Bible app. And you see, Paul is writing a letter to the church in Corinth with instructions and addressing a number of difficulties in the life of the church. And in the passage we heard, Paul starts with sharing a good news stories from the churches in Macedonia. If you want, you know, to think about it, it's like a testimony. There's something good stuff that's happened, and this groups of group of Christians Christians in Macedonia are being praised because, as part of their worship, they gave themselves to God, and also gave generously. And what is highly commendable here, it's an inspiring, is not that they just gave what they had left over at the end of the month, not from a place of abundance. But if you remembered in the passage, there's this phrase that says that their extreme poverty wells up in abundant grace. So it's an example of sacrificial giving and it's, to understanding that what we have comes from god and in giving back it's an expression of our love and our commitment to him and that's a fantastic story and you know paul doesn't just stop there probably i would have just stopped there he goes further and he is so direct and you might find his approach quite blunt May be harsh. He challenges the church in Corinth to step up. He compares them with the Macedonians. And in verse 7, he says, But since you excel in everything, see that you excel in the grace of giving. In other words, Paul does not shy away from talking about money and it spells it quite clearly you know he does say look i understand you're a great church you do so much you are excelling in faith in knowledge you have fantastic speakers and from a human perspective you might you know you might look and i might look and think surely that's enough why make people uncomfortable and talk about money And with the danger of laboring the point, if we don't see giving as an essential part of our discipleship, of our personal relationship with God, and we engage with that just once a year when we respond to an appeal, then Paul's approach in this passage is harsh and uncomfortable, and I would go even as far to say judgmental, and you might naturally ask yourself the question why give what's in it for me can we even ask that question and when i talk about giving please understand that financial giving is just one aspect of giving it's not limited to money you know uh, often how we use our time and our money generally it reveals a lot about what we value most, what our priorities are, and what motivates and drives our lives. And if we are honest with ourselves and with God, our willingness to give in all those, diff- those aspects just reveals a lot about the state of our hearts. And just to be practical, I would like to propose three reasons why we should give or why you should consider to give. First, it reflects God's character. We give because we have received. In John three sixteen, it says, for God so loved the world that he gave his only son. In giving of ourselves, We partake in that lavish, generous grace of God. It literally connects us to God. I don't know if you remember the first lockdown or if you maybe like lots of people have managed to sort of blot that time out of your memory. But some some good things did come out of the lockdown and like the focus on community and street WhatsApp groups, Uh, people trying to reach out and look after each other. Can you put your hand up if you uh, got a sourdough starter during lockdown? Just a few of you. Yeah, no, no, no. I thought there would be more, more people. Can you keep your hand up if you still have it? I think I'm the only one who still has it. Well, I think the Sourdough Starter Exchange, it was all on all the WhatsApp groups, it's just an example of how giving works. You You receive something and it multiplies and then you give it away and you bless others and you connect with one another. Secondly, giving is good for our souls. Putting others first helps us with our selfish nature. you know, By choosing to give, we feed and nurture a generous spirit, and we starve our selfishness. See, God wants to transform our hearts. That's the most important thing, thing for him. But he needs our cooperation. And this reminds me of a, another story I, I read a while ago. Uh, at a church meeting, A little bit like this, a very wealthy man rose to give his testimony. I'm a millionaire, he said, and I attribute it all to the rich blessings of God in my life. I can still remember the turning point in my faith like it was yesterday. I was a young man, I had just earned my first dollar, and I went to church that night. The speaker was a missionary who told us about his work, and I knew that I only had one dollar, and I had to either give it to God or give nothing. So at that moment, I decided to give my whole dollar to God. And I believe that God blessed that decision. And this is why I am now a rich man. As as he finished, it was clear that uh, everyone was moved by this story. And he went to sit down. And a little old lady, sitting in the same pew leaned over and said, that's such a wonderful story. I dare you to do the same again. I, I'm not sure I would have the confidence the little old lady had. But this story just brings me to my third point. You know, we, we give because of the generosity of God, because it's good for our souls. But also in giving, we recognize that God is our provider. When we give, we physically and spiritually switch from self, my money, my time, my possessions to God, the job that God gave me that enables me to earn money, the talents and the possessions that God has graciously given to me. And I think that this change of perspective of bringing God in every aspect of our lives will bring us closer to God. It will help us to trust him more, and recognize our lack of control of our own lives and ultimately build God's kingdom in our families, in our work, in our community. I mentioned my parents earlier and in my childhood, we, I remember a few seasons when money was very tight and we had to live a fairly simple life. But even when we didn't have a lot, I just remember my mom's just careless, extravagant generosity. Uh, you know, if someone knocked on our door asking for help and people did knock, she would literally go to the cupboards and have the groceries we had and give them away or invite them over for dinner and said, you know, just come and join us. And she always used to say, God will provide. You know, this morning as we consider this topic God's generosity towards us and his invitation to come and connect and we heard last week about that to be a part of building God's kingdom here in Claygate I have one final point about our attitudes to giving And if you have your Bibles open, um, just we'll go switch to the second part of the reading in uh, 2 Corinthians chapter 9. Each of you should give what you have decided in your heart to give, not reluctantly or under compulsion, for God loves a cheerful giver. You see, in God's kingdom, the question is not, should we give? But rather, how should we give? God loves a cheerful giver. And Paul is inviting the Corinthians to consider, and this is important, to consider in their hearts what is right to give. And I think it's an interesting point that it's not a mental exercise or even a financial exercise. I know we're blessed in our congregation to have a lot of people working in business and finance, but you see, in God's economy, the decision to give is a matter of the heart. It's a matter of discipleship, a private decision that you make with the Lord, Verse seven says, and I'll read it again. Each of you should give what you have decided in your heart to give, for God loves a cheerful giver. What you decide to give in terms of money, time, talents, it's entirely your decision. And at the start of this new year, as a church, we want to invite you to be a shareholder in God's kingdom. You, know, you have an opportunity to be a part of it, to get involved, whether you can spare some time or some of your expertise or give financially. And to get involved, not because we as a staff team or the clergy are presenting a compelling picture. We heard Patrick speak on vision two weeks ago, and tomorrow morning the ministry leads will share with the rest of the um, church family. But more importantly, we're inviting you to be a part because God is inviting you to be a part of his mission wherever you are. And I said earlier that money tends to be a very serious matter. So to finish, I'd like to share another story um, that will hopefully lighten the mood again. There was once a strong man at the circus who demonstrated his power before large audiences every night. And at the end of one of his uh, performances, he squeezed the lemon juice from a lemon into his hands and he said to the audience, I will offer 200 pounds to anyone who can squeeze another drop from this lemon. A thin, The older lady hobbled up the stage, she picked up the lemon, clamped it in between her two frail, bony hands, and she squeezed. And out came, not a drop, but a teaspoon of lemon juice. The strong man was amazed. He paid the woman the 200 pounds and privately asked her, what is the secret of your strength? Practice. The woman answered. I have been a treasurer of my church for 42 years. (laughs) Thank you for listening to me this morning. And as I finish, I would like to use that last verse that we had in our reading as a final blessing for us as individuals and as a church family. May God, who is able... Bless us abundantly, so that in all things, at all times, having all that we need, we will abound in every good work. May God help us all. Amen.